Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Logan Lee. Logan is pastor of Ignite LA Church. Welcome to the podcast, Logan. Thank you, Jono. So great to be here with you. Always enjoy chatting with someone on the other side of the world, just like we're sitting and chilling next to each other, having a coffee, which is the whole point of the podcast. It's very cool. Still doesn't get old for me and uh, always good to chat with you too. Uh, To start off, can you let listeners know a little bit about what you do and a little bit about Ignite LA Church? Yeah, definitely. So um, uh, I'm a church planter, so I'm uh, pioneering a new church here in the city of Los Angeles, California called Ignite LA. And uh, we're an international church here on the west side of the city. So we're kind of in this area, uh, kind of near the LAX airport um, and the ocean. And so um, we're in the process of launching this faith community. We've been gathering together um, over the course of the last um, you know year now, and we've just seen God do some amazing things um, as we move forward and, uh, you know, move forward with discipleship and leadership development and community engagement and uh, different things like that. Fantastic. And I'm excited to hear some of your story. I always love hearing stories, uh, you know, those moments in life as you look back, even as far back as, you know, when you were little and, and childhood where they really shaped you to become the person and the leader you are today. Uh, so, yeah, what, what comes to mind, particularly from when you were younger? You know, I've always been somebody who has loved to speak his mind. <laughs> and so for me, it's, uh, you know, if you take the strength finders, my number uh, uh, one strength is input, which is gathering information, research. You know, number two is um, strategic. So I'm always kind of culling, always trying to find the best way forward. And then number three is command. And so um, that's that kind of assertiveness, direct upfrontness. And then um, I'm a futuristic and activator. So for me, it's always kind of been about this idea of how do I just kind of see over the next hill? Uh, so even as a young kid, I would always be the one who was asking questions. I would always kind of drive the adults in my life a little crazy because I, it just, you know, I would never take no for an answer. You know what I mean? I would always kind of ask, oh, what about this? What about that? And what's that going to be like? And how do we go here? And, you know, I was always kind of trying to predict what was going to happen, uh, you know, which, you know, most kids don't really care about, but I was always kind of curious about the world and about what was coming up. And so for me, that was kind of my first foray into leadership was kind of getting others to kind of see things that way and getting others to kind of think in a new way and ultimately kind of move forward with influence. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm really fascinated because command for me is very low. I'm not a uh, like I tend to be indecisive. The way I get things done is very gently. So I love facilitating. I love coaching. I, I, uh, you know, that's, that's probably part of the reason I've ended up doing what I'm doing. So I'm always interested when someone's got say in strengths, the command very high. Do you remember like when you realized that you were maybe more direct than other people, was that something that like, cause there are things about myself 
on the other side of that, that I've only learned quite recently. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I thought I was more direct when I was younger, but now I realize I've always been, you know, and I even talk about it in my book about how much I sort of hate conflict. And that's why I, I wrote the book that I wrote, but yeah, just interested to ask, is that something that command side of your personality and leadership that's always been the obvious to you in terms of self-awareness? You know, it, al it always has been, Jono. And I think if you were to ask, um, like I said, like if you were to ask uh, teachers, family members, even peers that knew me for a long time, they'd probably say the same thing. Like Logan just kind of speaks his mind. Now, obviously, you know, as you get older and you become an adult and you mature, you know, you learn about, you know, this little thing called tact and, you know, appropriateness and timing and, you know, overall social awareness. But I think from a young age, I was always just very like, you know, I, I see the world in a very pragmatic way. Um, and so for me, it's like that futuristic, like I see what could become where we're going. I see the best way. I want to see the best way forward. So I kind of go crazy until I can find where I'm going. And then for me, and that all kind of leads to this idea of, you know, what's must be said, must be said, what must be done, must be done. And, and when I'm, when I'm communicating to people, the interesting thing is, you know, I'm not thinking I'm doing it in a, in a harsh way or non-gentle way, of course, but it's more of a, this is what is best for everybody if I say or do this. And if I don't, I'm actually not doing anyone a favor is how I view it. And so for me, it's out of a place of really love and empathy that I do that. Um, but yeah, I think from a young age, I always kind of saw that in relationships. And as I grew older, I, I learned how to refine that and how to you know, use that socially in an effective way um, to really kind of help people along. So. Yeah, I, I have to admit, it's something that I have struggled with in the past to, to I think, accurately um, and, and fairly think about the motivations and intentions of someone when they're quite direct. And it's something I've learned. One of my favorite sayings uh, around the DISC profile, which is just another, you know, which has the D for dominance, uh, which is more of your uh, command, you know, direct sort of personality and decision-making one of my favorite lines that I've read about that, that I use all the time when I'm training teams on disc is that we need to realize that when someone's very direct um, I, and it is a gift, that's the thing we've got to remember. That's why I love strengths. It is a strength. It's just like anything else. When we're young, you know, we sort of learn how to use it. And if you don't use it the right way, it's, it's not, but it's, it's, we need to be direct, but polite when we're talking, when we're in conversation with someone who's very direct. And that was very helpful for me because with my personality, when someone's very direct with me, I will read into it and I'll, and I'll, I can naturally imply and assume all sorts of intentions that are not there. And I've learned exactly what you just said, that uh, some great leaders and great people in my life who are very direct, it's actually out of empathy and it's out of love that they speak directly. And so one of the most helpful things I've found is, okay, you know what, this feels very direct and I'm quick to want to be rude back. And the, the funny thing, this might sound overly simplistic, but it's like even direct people don't like when you're rude. It's like, so if they're not yeah. being rude to you, they're just being direct, but then you're rude back, then you're actually just being rude and it's, it's unhelpful. What I've learned to do is sort of to try, you know, a bit like what you've learned in terms of the, the tact, but for the other side for me is to go, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to let go of the implied and assumed sides that sort of jump up naturally in defensiveness and I'm going to try to be direct back, but I'm going to stay polite. And that has been like a superpower dealing with direct people because as soon as I've, there's no rudeness, no uh, offense taken, it's like you're suddenly speaking 
It's like before we were speaking two different languages and getting sort of annoyed at each other for different reasons. And it's like, boom, suddenly you're talking the same language. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think that's, you know, I would, I think 80% of leadership problems could be solved if more of us could just learn how to speak more directly in a refined way. Because I think for me, some of the leaders in my life, um, some of them are direct, some of them are a little bit tactful um, in different ways, I guess. But for me, it's the people that have really had the most influence on me are the ones who have said things to me like, all right, Logan, here's what you need to do. They're not offering it as, an, as advice, like, hey, it'd be good if you do this, or it'd be nice, or saying, no, <laughs> here's what you must do. If you know what's, if you're smart, you will do this, you know? And, and, and for me, that's not offensive at all. That's actually very encouraging. Like, oh, okay, I'm getting my pen. I'm going to write down. Like, if they're saying do this, I'm going to do this because they're giving me the, the, the secrets. They're giving me the keys here, and I'd be a fool not to listen to them. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, when you are someone who has that kind of strength of command, you recognize it when someone else is giving it to you. Um, and you just respond. Um, and, you know, I think like you said, even, um, if you're not naturally like that, maybe the first instinct when you've experienced that is to kind of think somebody's being rude and read into it. And then you respond in passive aggression. And now we're in this, now I don't even know what we're talking about anymore because we're just not being, you know, honest with each other. And so for me, it's like, let's just cut to what's going on here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's find the quickest. And again, that's the strategy part to me. Let's find the quickest way forward out of this forest into the clearing so that we can accomplish the goal, reach the solution, reach the endpoint. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, it's so, it's so cool. So as you grew a bit older and, and, you know, teenage years into your twenties, are there any moments in that season of your life in terms of leadership and really, I guess, finding like, sometimes it's, it's seeing someone else do an incredible job and we're watching or they're a mentor and we're just like, I, we learn so much other times we just uh someone's uh you know we think i'd never want to lead like that or we drop the ball ourselves in a massive way that certainly you know it happened for me where you go oh wow that was a massive learning experience and incredibly formative um any stories from that sort of season of your life that come to mind yeah i think of a few i think for me um as a teenager my youth pastor had a huge impact on my life and I think it does go back to that whole kind of sense of directness. It was very much like, um, you know, this was, you know, the, this is the pre pre Instagram, pre TikTok social media area. So it was more of like, Hey, um, his approach to youth ministry was I'm discipling you to be living on mission in your high school, in your college, in your university, and then beyond in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm not just, you know, keeping you busy while the adults are upstairs having real church. And so it was this sense of like, I'm really going after the souls of young people here. I really want to see you, your life changed and transformed, you know, spiritually, emotionally, and everywhere else. And so that really got a hold of me at age 15. And I remember one thing, and I'm still in touch with, with, this, with this leader, um, but one of the things that he said was, you know, God's always doing something new. And so you always have to be looking to where you're being led to go. And so that's something that's always stuck with me. Another thing that I heard that was really pivotal um, in my kind of, uh, earlier young adult years before I got into what I'm doing now was said by another, another leader, another uh, pastor in my life. He said, Hey, if you, um, when you're starting out in leadership and he was talking specifically in you know the church world, but this could be applied to really anything business or anything. He said, say yes to every opportunity that you're given when it comes down to the field you want to be in until you have to start saying no. So one day you will reach a point where, 
you will hit your bandwidth and you'll be like, you know, I'm sorry, I no longer have the bandwidth or the ability to continue to do this. I don't have the time or the energy. Um, and now it's time for me to kind of separate my priorities. And so that's one of the things that I did is I kind of systematically would, if someone would say, hey, do you want to speak at this event? You know, there's only going to be 10 people there. Do you want to do it? Sure, I'll do it. Hey, do you want to write this thing? Sure. You want to lead this thing? Sure. And so it progressively kind of went up. And so it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, just, you know, different examples where, you know, the more, the more you're given, the more you show that you can be successful in smaller things, the more you'll be given. And so it, it, it reached a point over several years into my early and then mid twenties to where I was kind of gradually given more responsibility as people mm -hmm. saw more results. And that worked two ways for me personally, it was very empowering because I saw, oh, I, I saw how I was actually accomplishing things and I was making the organization better, making people's lives better. And then at the same time, other people could see in and they could see that. And they said, okay, well, now we want you to do this thing and now this thing. Um, so those things have really stuck with me, um, especially kind of as I start out on my leadership journey. I love that saying. Uh, I love that idea that you would just say yes to everything until your bandwidth's full. It's, it's funny because it's very different to some of the less but better but, but I think it's, they're both true. And what I love about the saying yes to everything until you have to say no, in hindsight, I definitely think, and I had some great people around me telling me to do this, but I didn't do as much of that when I started Clarity as I could have. And it's because I, so one of my top five strengths finder, actually my number one is futuristic. And so mm -hmm. I tend to be living in the future a little bit and I have to really bring myself into the present to, to, you know, reality and being realistic is something I, I really have to sort of focus on doing. And I look back and I think, you know, one thing I definitely would have done differently if I was doing it over is just jumped in and done um, everything I could, right? Like exactly what you said, yep. any opportunity that comes up in my field of leadership and um, training. And I would have just said, yes. And you, you just circle like you, there's so many wins. And one of my good mates was telling me to do this. And at the time I, I, I didn't. And he'll, if he listens to this, he'll be laughing. But it's like you gain experience, you build relationships. And like those two things alone, I'd like there's probably other things you, uh, you do. You sort of gain momentum as well, I think. But just the experience and the relationships you gain, they are often key to opening the door. So that by the time you are, through those relationships, often the, the door opens sort of the, to the next level to do something. You now have the experience to be able to step in and, uh, and really just jump in at that next level very comfortably. Definitely. And it's so funny, I, I actually had texted this leader that I mentioned um, because I said, you know, for the first time I look at my calendar and I'm like, I'm literally maxed out. I don't know what happened. My February was just, it's gone. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's like, you know, it's you're right. You're absolutely right. In the beginning, when you start out, um, you, you may feel like, oh, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. You know, you want to be kind of choosy because you don't want to like, you know, waste your time or your resources. But really, for me, it was never that about that. It was more about like, the more that you say yes to early on, it will build. Um, but then very quickly over over a short period of time, you will begin to see um, you'll be and to see kind of how what is what is sticking out for you. Like, OK, like I know now there are things in leadership, you know, whether it's ministry or, or marketplace leadership that I'm like, I'm not good at that. I don't want to do that. And I no longer really have to because I, I've kind of moved away into a different area. But now I know that. I, I wouldn't have known that if I yes. hadn't done it, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. And I think 
long-term, it's a good strategy because you're able to now focus in on, on what you really are supposed to do, called to do, good to do, good at doing, versus you know still wondering, oh, should I have taken that opportunity? What could have happened? I, mm. I, I, rarely, I rarely find myself, and I don't say this like I figured it out, but I, I rarely find myself regretting not taking something. Um, I've almost always like, whether it's, you know, whether it was, you know, a trip I took overseas, like the first time I got a chance to go, um, I got a chance to take a trip with a, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine to, to, to Japan back in 2007. And it was my first trip to Asia. And so, um, and I didn't really do anything. I just kind of accompanied them. But for me, it was just like, I've always kind of said yes to things, not knowing where they're going to take me. And I've never regretted it. I've never regretted that experience. And the only thing I can say now is that in hindsight, now that I have the maturity, I do now know that if somebody says, hey, do you want to go next week to this random place or do this thing? My answer would more than likely be no, because I know what I'm supposed to be focusing on now. But I'll never kind mm. of wonder what I could have been doing had I had said yes, if that makes sense. So it does. And I think it's. I think it's a great uh, sort of initiative to build in. I think it's. I think there's a really global leadership principle there, which is for entrepreneurs to really work out not only work out what you're best at, but work out what the market really wants. But for for you as a as a leader or as a as a person stepping out to actually try different things, I think it's one of the biggest issues with our education system. Is we like I? It's so funny. I had the best teacher ever like he's ultimately like i i truly believe there wouldn't be many teachers better than him in the world his name's lindsey bettinson he's an amazing teacher he was one of the teachers at my school and and he taught legal studies right like when i was in grade 11 and 12 and i was like wow because he's such a good teacher i was like wow law is amazing i love the law and then and then i went and studied law and i was like oh wow okay i do not want to be a lawyer uh, just for me, it was just such, it wasn't a fit. And I, I just look back and I think, man, I was so like, I felt all the pressure and you see it on young people today, the pressure to work out what you're going to do. Even if we don't say it, we do it as, as a culture. We put so much pressure on 17 year olds and 25 year olds and 35 year olds to know exactly what you're going to be doing long-term. And I think it's much better, particularly when you're 17. I wish I had just realized, because I did it anyway, right? But I, I felt guilty about how I just went out and tried different things and then they didn't work. If I had known that that's actually really what you, what everyone does, everyone who comes on this podcast tells me a story that's not linear. It's always a case of, and then I did that. And that's when I realized, blah, blah, blah. It's very, I, I'm trying to think of anyone who said, I knew from the age of 10, I was going to be a blah. And now I am that, I'm 50. Um, and, and yet, even though that's everyone's reality, we still go back to kids and we sort of ask them, I do this myself when the, you know, you meet a, someone who's 14, you're like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And they're like a doctor and you're like, yeah, go for it. Be a doctor. It's like, that's just not how life tends to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think here, um, here in the States, here in America, particularly, we haven't done a good job of that. I know, um, you know, in, in the UK and other parts of, you know, the, the English speaking world, you know, Australia as well, like, you know, the, the idea of a gap year is more popular. And we don't really have that here. That's that was never something that was that was even communicated to me as an option. It was more like, okay, you finished high school, where are you going to go to college? And so, um, you know, while I was in college, I actually um, took semesters off because I wasn't sold on my major, I wasn't sold on what I wanted to do. And 
I was like, well, I don't know if, you know, spending this much money to get this degree is going to be worth it and eventually. And I don't want but to miss did out you, on these Did you feel guilty? Did you feel like you were doing like, oh man, like even though you weren't loving it, was there an element of feeling guilty for, for taking time off? You know, uh, there was, but it wasn't my own guilt. It was kind of like uh, guilt that was appropriated, if that makes sense. It was more like <laughs> guilt from like, from society at large and more from like friends and family members who kind of yes. the elephant in the room um, yep. during holidays was, <laughs> so are you going to go back to school this, this semester or, or are you thinking about this or that? It was, it was always kind of that. It wasn't me personally. Like if nobody said anything to me, I would, I was enjoying my life, you know? So. Yeah, that's funny. I, I think you hit the nail on the head and we've just got to change that because it's, uh, yeah, I think we just like it's, and it's not that education is not important. No, if, if anything, I've learned recently that it's even more important than I realized. It's just that it's so often not linear and we need to realize that expecting someone to spend four years, rack up like a hundred thousand dollar debt and know for sure at 17 that they want to be a dentist is how life works. And just realize that's not, that is just not 2022. I don't know, maybe in the past, that's how it worked but it's so far from reality today. Yeah. And as a society, we, we had this uh, tendency to hold on to, you know, narratives that made sense 20, 30, even 40 years ago. And so if we're living several decades in the past in terms of the global narrative of, of, okay, here's what, you know, like we were in it where we were at one point in the agricultural age now and then the industrial age and information age. Now we're moving into, you know, a different era, right. With, you know, mm. we're, we're looking in, crypto cyber and you know metaverse and all this other stuff right that we don't even know anything about but yet we're heading there <laughs> and so you know and, and so again like the the paradigm shifts again and, and things grow exponentially faster and so you know whether it's you know gen z and then gen alpha after that it's like it's going to look different it's already looking different and because ultimately that's the whole thing right education um education the way that we're still doing it now was geared towards you know giving people information they would need to fill uh, fill roles to fill jobs in economies. But if the economy yeah. changes and the education doesn't change with it, then it's not really ultimately providing any utility. Right. So. hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, it's, I'm really fascinated by the education sector and uh, actually a ton of, uh, a ton of listeners are educational leaders to this podcast because, and also you know, it's probably the sector I've had the most people on from, to be honest, is educational leaders. And uh, I just think it's a fascinating sector because it's so slow moving, respectfully, you know, because it's their big organizations, right? They're often government, they're often larger institutions. And so they tend to be slower moving. And yet, say in the last two years, they've been thrust forward, <laughs> you know, of all industries that were disrupted education has to be one of the one of the ones that was most disrupted because all of a sudden kids are at home and i was just i was like thinking how on earth are teachers doing online school for preppies like we call them prep in australia like five-year-olds can you imagine trying to do i don't know what they were doing and i know they were doing an, an incredible job that's the point i'm like can you imagine being a teacher in these past two years and having little um four or five year olds on a screen in, in some parts of the world like here we had some lockdowns where in melbourne they were at home for months and months and months um that is that's been really hard for educators uh 
but it's also, it also leaves me scratching my head going, I wonder what education is going to look like in 10 years and 20 years, because it's, um, it's such a slower moving area. And yet it's already been disrupted. And there's so much like what we're talking about now, I feel like there's a lot of frustration building around just doing education better because it's too important to just not do it as well as we can. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, uh, you know, it's crucial that we continue the conversation. And I think, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're somebody who's, you know, starting something from scratch, right, which is the essence of entrepreneurship, you're, you know, moving something forward, you're taking considerable risks to do so. Um, you're always going to need to be educated. Um, but in a lot of ways, you are the one who's educating the rest of society. So uh, it's kind of this idea of, I think, um, it used to be like, you know, knowledge was there you just had to go pick up the book and or go to the go to the class and it was being given to you whereas now it's like you know we're getting a base level of education but now we're all kind of creating the future at the same time um and you know there's a whole different thing that we could be talking about in that but like i think again social media we talk about metaverse all that stuff it's like really like everything's accelerating like um i heard something recently that someone said that, uh, you know, generation Z, or maybe it's gen alpha, that's after the Z's, it's like, they may be the last generation. And by that meaning, not literally the last generation on earth, right, hopefully, but more of like, the last definable generation. Um, because we're at the <laughs> point now where everything is, you know, there's no longer these clear, distinct cultural markers globally anymore. Everything yeah. is just kind of happening all at once, so to speak. And so I think when you live in that kind of world, um there's just no way that we can all keep doing things the way they've been done we we're, we're we're learning in real time so yeah it's uh fascinating and uh, and good to good to chat about uh i have loved hearing some of your story maybe we need to do a part two down the track and hear uh some more about church planting i know people listening who may not have grown up around or have any connection at all to faith or the church um it's uh church planning is really um interesting i, I think it's a it's actually an, an especially challenging area in leadership because you're well it's something i admire in a lot of um church leaders is that they're dealing with volunteers and when you have volunteers you don't have a pay packet it's it's a completely dip there's there's really interesting challenges in leadership that i love chatting about uh but uh, so maybe down the track we can do a part two and and chat through some more of your stories uh but i just want to jump into leadership express and ask you a few final questions for today are you ready all right let's go what's a book that you've gifted to other people uh, at your best, at your best by Carrie Newhoff, how to get time, energy, um, um, working in your favor and priorities working in your favor. Oh, such a good recommendation. And he has an amazing podcast, uh, which I can't remember that, but if you look up Kerry Newhoff, C-A-R-E-Y Newhoff, I won't try to spell, but, um, if you look him up, he's, his podcast is also really good. And, um, yeah, that's a fantastic recommendation. He does a lot for church leaders, but I think specifically his podcast is made for church leaders and business leaders. Um, and he's, he's really good. Any great podcasts that you are enjoying or books right now that you're reading or blogs that you're loving right now, Logan? Yeah, so great stuff. Um, you know, there's a great podcast that I listen to um, called uh, uh, Battle Ready. Uh, by Erwin McManus, Mosaic Church, and his son. It's kind of a kind of a cultural commentary, just kind of on on society. Um, there's also um, 
uh, a great book I just finished too called the, uh, the Genius of Jesus, which um, if you're a person of faith, it's a good take on Jesus and his humanity. And if you're not a person of faith, it's also a great portrait of what genius looks like expressed. So it's one that I'm currently in, in the moment going through. Awesome. Good recommendations. Thank you. Do you have any favorite questions when you're sitting one-on-one -on -one with a volunteer or uh, when you're, you know, with your team or, uh, you know, in, in any of those sort of contexts, any questions that you tend to find yourself asking a lot of people? Yeah, I'll, I tend to ask questions, um, open-ended questions. So one of the things I'll ask somebody is, um, you know, tell me about, uh, tell me about, um, a moment that was really impactful for you um, in your, like in your, your, in your childhood, for example, like what was really like positively impactful? What's something that has stuck to you? It could be like a moment of like, uh, you know, with a parent, it could be like a school memory. Um, what type of experience um, do you think has really been impactful on, on who you are now? Another question I would ask is um, um, how do you best like to work? So I like to ask questions on, you know, are you somebody who, you know, do you tend to have more energy in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon? What, what's your work time frame Like I noticed that those kinds of questions allow me to prioritize with people uh, certain things, whether it's meetings and responsibilities um, and priorities. Yeah, I love that question. That's, uh, that's gold. What about, uh, what's a big struggle or problem that you're seeing leaders facing, you know, across the whole world right now in 2022? Mm, great question. Um, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think it's, uh, we don't know what we don't know. Right. And so, um, you know, just to make it really practical, like what's going on currently right now with, uh, in Ukraine, right. That, that's caught the global mm. attention, um, with Russia and Ukraine. It's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of upsetting the global order of the last 80 years. Right. And so it's, there's all kinds of questions that we're grappling with of like, okay, what does this mean? What can be assumed anymore? You know what do treaties mean what does power look like like I, I think it's we all have an assumed kind of understanding of how things kind of have gone and so now it's like okay well if not everybody plays by the quote-unquote rules then how do we go about that how do we handle that are there consequences are there things that we need to do evaluate i think that's something that all leaders you know at least ones that i've talked to especially in the last like week or so are, are asking in light of not just that situation but others is how do we um, look forward and kind of grapple with um, leadership and um, responsibility in light of kind of the global order shakeup. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, what about a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Oh man, great. Uh, a Beautiful Mind. Um, it's probably one of my favorite movies um, about uh, the mathematician John Nash played by Russell Crowe just a great story of kind of his life and his um, obviously his like kind of grappling with illness um, TV show. And there's, there's so many um, I'd probably say um, uh, there's a really good show. It's called um, there's one called a uh, uh, blackish. It's kind of a, a story of like an American family. Um, and then another one would probably be um, Oh, right there. Um, it would probably be um, The Office. It's just uh, kind of a classic for me as well. <laughs> Are you a UK or American office? Oh, man, I'm an American office. 
Yeah, so am I. I really do need to get into the UK. Apologies to the UK office lovers. They're always like, that's the original. What are you doing? So <laughs> yeah. it's on my list to really get into the UK office, but I definitely uh, love, love, love the American office. Um, I just was watching a video the other day, just cracking up at, um, actually, it's great. If anyone loves the office, find this clip on YouTube, which is, um, it's it's a compilation of all the best burns uh by michael uh where michael burns toby like just he has this completely unfair ridiculous um hatred of one of his staff team members and named toby in hr and this video is just a compilation of just uh and and i just love steve carell who plays uh michael scott so anyone who loves the office that movie of like the i can't remember what it's called uh, the video on youtube is so funny so yeah, I'm with you there. Office, the office is great. Um, they're good recommendations. Thank you. That's that's awesome. Last question: If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? I'd say ask better questions. Ask better questions. I think that's something I've learned, especially in the last several years. Is mm. um, people will often be more honest than you think if you ask the right questions. Oh, yeah. um, and oftentimes as leaders, we, we kind of assume that people are going to say we want to hear and, you know, that does happen. But I think that more often than not, your gut and your instinct will, will, will show you what's going on. If you learn to ask questions and when people give you the answers, believe what they're telling you. Mm. Um, don't try to, don't try to kind of hear what they're saying and kind of repackage it, you know, in a different way, just hear it and take it for what it is and then make decisions based upon that truth. Um, I think sometimes as leaders, what we try to do is we will we'll, we'll, we'll take information in and then we'll try to recategorize it and go, well, they said this, but I think they mean that. Or if we give them time, they'll come around. It's like, no, I think that we need to actually, you know, if they say something, you know, take it for what it is at face value and then, you know, work your strategy based upon what you know you're supposed to do and what your metrics say, um, but also listen to what people are saying. Yeah, that's so good. I, I would love to give everyone a challenge at the end of the day around listening because I think asking great questions is such a great is such a great point. And I really do this for a living in terms of you know all my coaching and facilitating is question based. Uh, the podcast is mainly me asking questions. So the funniest thing I've found, and this is what I want to challenge people to do this week, I do a lot of active listening, and I know we talk about active listening, repeating back, and we're like yeah yeah yeah, but then we don't really do it that much. And the funniest thing is like. 50% of the time, maybe a bit less, maybe that's an exaggeration, but someone will say something to me and uh, say in a coaching session, and then I'll repeat back to them what they said. And I'm talking like sometimes verbatim, I will say back to them exactly what they said. And I'll say, uh, now, let me just tell you like, so what I heard you say is, and I'll repeat it back to them. And I love how often people go, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. And, uh, and it just cracks me up so much because, but it's a reminder of, how like that's not even me misinterpreting that what they're saying that's them realizing that they haven't said exactly what they mean so the opportunity to miss each other is so high and that's why my challenge would be to try i know we've all heard about it it gets very boring but active listen uh active listening try it this week and 
and try repeating back to people in an important conversation exactly what they said, the main point, and ask them, is that like that's what I heard? Is that is that what you mean? Or and watch and see how often they'll actually say to you, No, that's not what I meant, and it'll blow your mind. It certainly always surprises me. And you're right, Logan. If we can ask better questions and listen better, so many of the problems uh, in leadership I see is because of miscommunication and uh, and a lack of communication. So I think that's a wonderful takeaway for young leaders. I love it. Well, for those who have really enjoyed uh, what you've said and want to find you online, maybe to connect, I don't know, on LinkedIn or, or, or Twitter, Instagram, what, you know, you can tell us where you are or find out a bit more uh, about the church. Where can people find you online, Logan? Yeah, I've got all the usual spaces. Um, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Ignite LA Church. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Logan Lee. Uh, Facebook as well, Logan Lee, and then um, Instagram um, at Logan.n.lee as well. Wonderful. Okay. And um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Thank you for, uh, for listening in. And it's been a great episode to chat about. We've had a bit about StrengthsFinder today, which if you haven't ever come across that, that's one of the main ones um, that I use with clients. I would 100% recommend you check out StrengthsFinder 2.0 that has the 34 strengths. So we touched on that a tiny bit, but just lots of really fascinating topics. We talked a lot about education, um, which, which I really loved. So thank you to our listeners. Don't forget. I also have the John O'White leadership podcast where I give you tips on how to build a healthy team and, and uh, have cast vision and all sorts of things and leadership question of the day, the podcast where I ask you a different question every day to put a stone in your shoe and challenge you to grow as a leader. Um, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Logan for sharing uh, a bit about your uh, sort of background and growing up about that command uh, strength, which is a strength and, and how you've learned to really um, wrangle that and, and really, you know, build that strength and use it with tact. And I, I think it will have encouraged a lot of people, particularly maybe our command people out there who uh, I feel like sometimes you, you don't get direct, but polite back. You do get the rude back. And, and I think it's good to realize from today that it is a gift that being direct is, it is honestly a gift and a strength. You just got to, um, you just got to grow it. So thank you, Logan. It's been a real joy to catch up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jono. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest 
or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.